Hello Singing and Ryan Reynolds ass. Welcome, Welcome to Realm, a podcast for Zennials. Hello. Hi. Oh my God. Is that a cocktail? <laughs> uh, it's beer in a wine glass. <laughs> oh, you're so classy. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I haven't gotten into the cocktails yet. Does but, does beer taste different out of a wine glass? You mean as opposed to a regular glass? I don't know because so. like aren't beer beer glasses like shaped in a certain way to enhance something? I mean to like to snotty people, sure, but like I'm not that fancy about it. Like I I like having it in a glass, and my choices were fancy wine glass or plain old water glass so this is nicer oh yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now i kind of want to like know the history of the beer glass but actually i don't care (laughs) (laughs) the story of your life i want to know something but not enough to learn it yeah leave me alone i'm lonely (laughs) i don't know why i was thinking about it this morning about how i'm how my relationship's gonna go with a boyfriend i don't have well, sure. <laughs> but you know, good plan ahead. Yeah. Is that meta? It, let's just call it manifesting. Yes. There you go. <laughs> manifesting. I love it. Um, by the time our audience is hearing this, uh, Mercury Retrograde will be over. Yay. Congratulations, everybody. Does it feel like it's loosens it loosens it loosened its grip on you? Yeah, Mercury's taking its fiber, clearly. <laughs> no longer a constipated planet. Uh well, there you go. <laughs> uh for those following along at home, our our dear dear host Megan is on vacation. Uh, which explains the, the beer wine glass. Yeah. It is raining. Oh. It's ass off because there's a tropical storm. You're getting the the like the end of that thing we that are, hit New Orleans. Yeah, we are. So um yeah. So it's just been rainy and like we got here last night and the power was out and you know. So yeah, the last the last vestiges of Mercury retrograde, I suppose. Right. Uh, but yeah, we're we're it's it's looking like it's going to turn around. Um, so we should be okay for the rest of the week, which is really nice because it would be a bummer if it was raining the whole time we were on vacation. So you know, we just like sat around and read and played bananagrams and took lots of naps today. I'm sorry, bananagrams. Oh yeah, you don't know about bananagrams. I mean. There's a gay version. <laughs> yes, that's called Tinder. That's not what we played. You mean Grinder? <laughs> oh yeah, Grinder is what I mean. I get them all confused. <laughs> uh, yes. So Bananagrams is like Scrabble without the board. Uh, uh, oh, do you have so, to like, have like letters? You get yeah. So like it's just little letter tiles, and you get the letters, and you put them together. Like you have your own little board. And then you keep pulling more and you have to like rearrange them and make new words and stuff. Oh. I am not good at it. I was never good at Scrabble. I was 
haven't either. And that's weird because it seems like something I would be good at. Like I'm very wordy and I love word games and I'm very right. But no, no. I'm Sorry, very now I'm thinking about your obituary. Like Megan, <laughs> she was wordy. <laughs> I think we could do better than that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's what I think of when I think of Megan. She's real wordy. Is it? No. No. Lovely, caring, beautiful, nurturing. Aw, thanks. Also sucks at bananagrams. You, I, I, well, I give you permission to put it in my obit. <laughs> <laughs> she was basically perfect, except she sucked at bananagrams. And I, I also can't spell, as we've like learned on this <laughs> podcast, like words like gnome and porch and... No one would be a lot of, it would be a great, great bananagrams word. I was having real trouble spelling the word function the other day because I was trying to spell like cross-functional meeting and it kept telling me I was spelling it wrong. I don't remember how I was spelling it, but it wasn't right. (laughs) I mean, in your defense, the English language is pretty stupid. Okay, but like when I took a language in high school, like the other languages didn't seem to like make a whole lot of sense either. Well, sure. We have more weird spelling stuff, I think, than other languages do because we're like half Germanic, half Romantic. Mm -hmm. Like we have stuff that comes from French and we have stuff that comes from like the original Germanic that like it makes us very weird. Mm-hmm. And so we do some spelling some way and some spellings the other way. And and with some like middle English thrown in. Right. There. With like no rhyme or reason to it. Did you ever have to memorize the Canterbury Tales in Old English? No, my school was not that white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did have to read it. Yeah. Which is. A remarkable thing that we still make high school kids do that. I'd be curious, like, what the current reading list is in, in, like, generally speaking for high schools, because. Well, I think it depends on where you are, because I think some places have a lot more leeway with that, right? Like, your reading list in Massachusetts is different than it is in Mississippi. Um, You know, I think high schoolers still have to read, like, the Great Gatsby. I uh, so I actually felt very um, left out because I had the hippie English teacher that year who did not put the Gatsby in our curriculum, and we read like some weird like book called Soybeans for your mama. I don't know. That's not the title of it, but it definitely isn't. But sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I just never, I I never really liked Gatsby. It doesn't do anything. Like, it's very like, oh, poor little rich guy. I wonder if we just need to reevaluate what's pertinent literature today. Yes, we do. But unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of old white guys who are in charge of education and state legislatures, and they won't let us. Because, like, I... Like, is Charles Dickens really what people should be reading today? Like, I don't know. 
Right. And like, I would argue for Dickens over Great Gatsby. Mm, interesting. Like, I think, I think Dickens is more of a universal. Well, he has I, a lot more morality read, issues. Yes, yeah. And I'm not saying you should read all of the Dickens, right? Like you can read one. Yeah. I don't think that you should read more than one of anybody except Shakespeare when you're in high school. And I think, you know, do two or three Shakespeare's that's enough. Like it gets, it's hard for kids and yeah. it really like you ought to you ought to see it right like it's yeah. the thing that i actually think it's valid to watch the movie instead of reading it like yeah. i don't mean like the boz lerman version right sure. like i mean like an actual like you know like, the like zeffirelli's romeo and juliet right. yeah yeah you know exactly but like that it's valid to see because it's a play it's supposed to be seen yeah reading it can be really dense yeah. And the language, like when you hear people say it, it comes alive and it makes sense. But when mm -hmm. you're trying to read it, it's so it's so hard to to wade through. Like I also I feel like I was, you know, it's funny because growing up, I was always great at math in, in high school mm -hmm. um, and English was not my strong subject, um, even though I ended up, you know, pursuing creative things. Um, and it wasn't until my adulthood where I was able to, and I don't remember what it was, but you know, it was later in college or a little bit after college where like I was able to start critically thinking and pulling themes out of things on my own. I, I don't know if my school did a really good job of teaching me how to do that on my own versus telling me what it means and regurgitating it in essays and term papers. Uh, and like exams. right and it's that's not the way that's not the way that it should go yeah like a good english teacher a good literature teacher is going to be looking for you to read and have a reaction of your own like you can point out stuff right Oh, it, maybe nobody thought of this, but what if this, what if this metaphor is all the way through the, you know what I mean? Like there's lots of things that are, but like, don't tell me how to interpret stuff. Yeah. And don't tell me I'm supposed to like things that I don't fucking like. Yep. That's how people like turn into adults that don't read is because they got handed these really tedious, boring books in high school and everybody had to read the same ones. And they got told that they were supposed to like it. And so they think that all books are boring because, you know, Charles Dickens takes 14 pages to explain what a living room looks like. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Yes. Because he was paid by the word. Right. Yes. <laughs> and his stories like Charles Dickens was sort of the first like TV writer, actually, mm -hmm. in a way, because he wrote serialized short stories that were part yeah. of series that later got combined into right. books, into really big books. And like, that's why you can read the abridged version. And like, I don't I don't think you should, because I think there's something to all of that language. Right. But like, I understand that, like, not everybody finds it that way. It can be different. It's OK. What is the book that was assigned to you that you like were most into? Book or play? I really loved the Jane. I really love Jane Austen. 
Um, so we did, I think we did two, maybe mm -hmm. we did Emma and Sense and Sensibility in different years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I ended up reading all of the rest of her works, um, because I'm a big fan of hers. I also like, I like classic, like I loved the Shakespeare's, right? Like I adored them. Um, I think I probably still have portions of stuff memorized, right? Oh, like wow. I read them on purpose, um, and enjoyed them. And I did that with a lot of classic literature. Like I don't mind, you know, the sort of big wordy, like that's fine. I hated, we had one year where everything was all of the like dystopian, like in one year we had to read Heart of Darkness, 1984, Brave New World, and one of the fucking Ayn Rand books. Oh, and I, I, it was, I was miserable all year long. Oh, they're all like slit your wrist books. I honestly remember very few books that we read in high school. Um, was there something you loved? Uh, yes. Uh, shockingly, I was obsessed with the Salem Rich Child's play, The Crucible. Oh, The Crucible. Yeah. Which, you know, I was assigned to us in high school and I read it in a night. I mean, not that it's long, but like. That was right. that that's not normal for me. Right. To read ahead. But it makes sense though, because like it is very like, especially because it's a play, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it's very like it happens in your mind. You can see it happening. It's very theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's dramatic as fuck. Though when you were talking about how much you like Shakespeare and were uh, have some of it memorized, I'm picturing you now teaching a high school English class rapping Shakespeare for them. <laughs> You'd totally be and that again, person. Again, I might be too white to pull that off. Uh, maybe singing it. Maybe, maybe, maybe singing it. Yeah. Dramatic I, interpretation, a little dance. I absolutely could go teach high school English. I could teach high school English and I could teach high school history. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. I certainly couldn't teach high school math because I really couldn't even do high school math. So God bless. Uh, speaking of math, I spent a lot of money <laughs> Friday night <laughs> and did not do my math on the bank account. Um, <laughs> but I, I ventured out. I made it to gay bars on my oh, own. Oh, congratulations. I know. And it wasn't actually scary. Oh, yay, good. It was It's just like getting over the hump. Pun not intended, I assume. No. <laughs> um, so I went to a bar called Ties, which was like super neighborhoody and cute. Um, and T, 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 Y, like belonging yeah. mm -hmm. to Ty? Okay, yeah. not mm -hmm. T-I-E-S. Mm -hmm. Correct. Gotcha. I thought maybe um, it had like a schoolboy theme, like in a British bar. That'd be cute, actually. It'd be cute, right? Be super yeah. cute. Yeah, those little school ties, like, disco dances that they had when we were in London. That shit was cute. Oh, my God. I feel like there's a theme party coming on. Great plan. Yeah. Um, ties and Vickers? I don't know. Tots and ties? Tots and ties. Tots and ties. Yeah. Sluts and schoolboys? There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Tots. I think you meant tarts. Oh yeah, uh huh. That's well. Yes. That's how they sound in in British when they right. in oh, British because that's a different you. language. It is. 
Um, uh, No, it was super fun. And I got hit on by the drunk guys, you know, so I was like, oh, I remember this now. (laughs) Everything feels normal again. Yeah. And uh, and then I went to the Eagle, which had a cover and asked for my vaccine card. Oh, wow. Um, The Eagle was like bigger and it was fun. Um, There were some people um that were uh doing some very frisky things in some very public forums so you know that okay. was like oh i'm i'm back at a gay club okay things feel like normal again it's, it's a hot boy summer huh <laughs> yeah our hot back summer mm-hmm. hot back summer yeah uh-huh um and uh made out with a guy named nat and is that short for something nathaniel oh that's good yeah okay. uh-huh 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 uh, and chatted with a corporate attorney named Zach. Oh. Um, forgot how uh, heavy drinks, how strong drinks are, gay bars. So um, <laughs> that's were... just like a universal thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I did not drink a lot during quarantine, so I am out of practice. So uh, I went to, on Saturday, I went to a uh, ukulele jamboree really hung over that does not seem like a great state to listen to ukuleles in well i brought a <laughs> i mean i don't know what a great state to listen i brought to in big in air is, quotes but... a water bottle it was vodka and 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 soda yeah ah uh, okay not just straight vodka that's <laughs> correct good. that correct. wouldn't correct. have been yes Uh, Oh, look at you like a mom at a soccer game. I know, right? It was actually super cute. We were like on one of the lawns at Central Park. Like I felt like such a New Yorker, like hanging out in Central Park and like people were singing and playing ukuleles and the homeless people were like cheering us on. That does seem very New Yorker to me. Yeah. I was joking with someone though, if this was LA, well, I don't know if this many people would be gathered outside in a park. But, oh well, um, God, because it's like 112 degrees there, right? Right now, yeah. But I'm like, yeah. it would be more like a drum circle if it was LA. Yeah, sure, that kind of vibe. Or like a a sound bath. <laughs> that feels accurate. Yeah. <laughs> a sound bath with avocado toast. What is a ukulele? concert like uh, well it was a jamboree um <laughs> that different i mean this was very casual and um not very well organized which gotcha. i mean which was cute like that was sort of the cute part it was very like it felt very open mikey sure just pals and like there was a bit of a list of people who like mentioned they wanted to like perform and people would get up and do a song or two um yeah have you ever wanted to play the ukulele no did it make you want to play the ukulele no however my friend severin who invited me said that she was uh we were talking about karaoke a couple weeks ago when she invited me to this and i was like she's like what are your go-to karaoke songs and i was like poor unfortunate souls Mm -hmm. and she's like oh maybe i'll learn that on the ukulele okay i was like that could be interesting. It could be very interesting. Yeah. Curious. Poor unfortunate souls. Yeah, I can pain. see it. 
Yeah, right? a little more like, like a little, little like shoulder action kind of thing. Right, like, like a little hoppier. Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. What I want is basically like an adult glee club. Oh. So I want somebody who knows something about music to start basically just like a chorus where we can get together and sing songs from musicals. Uh-huh. Just for no reason. Just for fun. And not like so sort of like our singing class in college. Yes, except that class was terrible. <laughs> and I hate that woman. Claudia? Oh. She was a bad teacher. Well, she didn't really teach us anything. Yes, that makes her a bad teacher. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> yes, she was bad at her job. Uh, yeah, like like that class should have been. Or basically what I, it's like hanging out with fucking theater kids. You kind but of want an open to... mic night with a with a, an accompaniment. I can't say that word. Sure, but I'm saying I don't need to be able to sing it on my own, though. Like, I'm not that good. Like, I could go to the karaoke night that, like, all of the theater kids go to, right? Yeah. But I'm not that good. You like, can maybe start, a, like, a musical Monday's karaoke in, in Memphis. Yes, but then I want other people to sing with me. Sure. And that's what I mean is I want it to be, like, a core. I just want to be in the background. Like, I like singing musical songs. That is super fun. Ooh. I am not talented enough to do it myself. Like I have a way better voice than I thought that I did, which is part of the reason that I don't like that woman is because I, you know, took a singing class and finished it, not knowing that I could sing. I mm. can actually. Yes, and can. It, I wish I could have learned how to sing better. There, there's actual technique to that. And yeah. oh my, if only my singing teacher could have taught me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it would be super fun to just like, Maybe you call it duets then. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know. I can't start anything else though. I got too much going on in my life. So Speaking if there are other musical fans in Memphis who are listening, you want to start a club, I will join it. I just, mm -hmm. I like, you know, I want, I want to do stuff. It's, I, I feel like we don't do that enough as adults. Uh, speaking of doing stuff, I am signing up for the Gay Bowling League Summer Session. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Do that. It's a month of Wednesdays, and they group me with people. So, hey, I'm going to get to meet people. That's excellent. Also, bowling is fun. Bowling's super fun. Yeah, I like bowling. I'm not good at it, but it's fun. Yeah. And, you know, you just, like, drink beer and eat pizza and wear those weird shoes. Yeah. Yeah. We were go we were going for a while, like per like fairly consistently, like we with like a group of people. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened. So we've been yeah. there a long time, but that'll be super fun. You have to tell us how it goes. I will, I will. Uh one thing that the uh as the COVID restrictions are lifting is is happening here in New York is gay pride is this coming weekend. Yay. Um uh I'm just going to let everyone know right now, I'm going to be on a bus with a bunch of Teletubbies for Gay Pride in New York. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing. I know, right? I'm actually yeah. bragging. Um, <laughs> um, but in celebration of Pride Month, we 
came up with a fun new Cobra Kai where we are going to Cobra Kai our favorite gay supporting characters from movies who deserve some more airtime. Yeah. So just in case you're a newbie to our podcast and you haven't heard one of our Cobra Kai episodes before, uh, we sort of based this off the TV show Cobra Kai, which we feel like did a great job of taking sort of a run-of-the-mill cliche type of movie and turning a trope, right? Something that's very tropey and turned it into something that was very entertaining, but also a little surprising, like a little deeper than that, a little bit unexpected for something that was so trope filled. So we wanted to do that. I got to tell you, I know we said we were going to do movies. I did not do that. (laughs) I am terrible at movies, but I had a good idea for TV characters. So I, well, then that, you know, the good, the, the, the good thing about that is that we will not overlap. We will not have all of the same people. I do have, I do have two people from movies. So. Okay. Yes, we may we may overlap a little bit, but I'm excited about this list. I think it's going to be fun. I, I had a little bit of trouble at first, and I was like looking up lists of movies with great gay sidekicks, and there was a whole bunch that I was like, oh, totally forgot about that, or like, like as good as it gets with Greg Kinnear. I was like, oh, right. He was gay in that movie. Forgot about that. God, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a whole bunch of like, uh, yeah. But like, do I want to see more? Are they really that interesting? No. I mean, if I forgot about it, no. Mm-mm, no. Oh, I lied. I did do one TV show. I'm looking at my list. I did do one TV show. Okay, good. I feel slightly better. But they also made movies out of this TV show. So, Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> did you have, how was making your list? I, it was, it was fun. Um, I, you know, we're here with the fam, so we chatted a little bit about, um, and actually one of my ideas is not my idea at all, but in fact, Steve's idea. Ooh! So I will share that as well, but, um, yeah, so it was, you know, I love, I love these, I love these podcasts, right? Like, I love it when we do this, like, I love playing TV executive, it's super fun for me, and I know sometimes it's also movies, but most of the time it's just me making TV shows, so. (laughs) Yeah, so it was fun. What was nice was, you know, after moving, I haven't really had the bandwidth to be creative and I got to be creative for the first time in a little bit. So this was- Yeah. And like, even in a small way, it's kind of fun. Yeah. So who's first on your list? First on my list is one of, uh, one of the, one of the characters that I personally remember very, I think was the first like gay character that I remember in a major movie. Uh-huh. Right, which was Christian from Clueless. Oh yeah, mm-hmm, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. that was the first time I remember seeing a movie where someone was gay. You got to remember, like I didn't watch Buffy at the time. Like the gay characters in Dawson's Creek showed up in this later seasons. Yeah. Like you know, it wasn't um, because that movie was like ninety. What was that movie like ninety five? So yeah. Did they have gay characters in Buffy before Willow? No, I don't think so. Okay. So, yeah, so I guess technically that's later too, because it wasn't. It was. It was the later seasons mm-hmm. where she came out. So, um, so this one actually was. This was the one that was Steve's idea. Oh. Um, so Steve 
this is one of the many reasons I love him, also loves the movie Clueless. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And really likes the way that Christian dresses. Oh. Yeah, like he thinks Christian's like a good looking dude, you know, in like a- Sure, sure, sure. He can, he can appreciate manly attractiveness kind of way. So I think that's awesome. I love the movie Clueless. We've watched it several times. So I was like, okay, so what would be a show that you would watch- about christian like now nowadays like what would it be and he was like i think it would be really cool if he was like sort of like lawyer detective type like perry mason oh mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, which would mm -hmm. be super fun because he can keep the clothes yeah right so it's like sort of a noir spoof yep. right or like would it be a, not spoof even a spoof or not like a spoof, legit but like a, an homage oh, okay. right a mm -hmm, cinder mm -hmm. you know you could you can make a little bit of fun of it too because would you still keep like, him like campy in thing. in the in the like tone and feel of clueless um yes i think so like i think you it, it would have to be an, a fine line to walk to like but i think you could do it in the sense that like he's a PI in Beverly Hills, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like dealing with that crowd and like all of their, right? But it like, he it, he thinks he's taking a case that's no big deal. It turns oh, into sure. a murder case, right? Like, um, you know, he's- Kind of Veronica there, Mars a, meets Perry Mason. Right, exactly. Yeah. You can give him a love triangle, mm -hmm. like, right? Cute guys. And then, you know, his, his, his lady, his BFF- Share can show up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Super like, fun. right? Like, it's very random, but it'd be super fun. Um, so my first one, in no particular order, actually, um, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Mm-hmm. A classic. Um, I forget what his actual character's name is, but Rupert Everett plays... George. George, there we go. Thanks. Oh, yeah, George. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought we'd do a coming of age series about a gay man who only has female friends mm. and they all start to get married and he's sort of like left alone to like all of a sudden kind of have to start over because he kind of loses his group of friends. Oh, um, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah, and you can still call it my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. My, my best, best friend's, friend's weddings. weddings. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's yeah, that's really great. I love that. And, like, that. to explore that dynamic more of the relationship between the best female friend and the gay friend and how that can get really complicated when, you know, you have gay people who may not want to get married or may not want to have traditional relationships or or uh, want to have kids, but the straight person may want to and they disappear off into, into couple land or, or what have you. Right, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Love it. Yeah. What's your next one? All right, one? so I have one more, I have one more movie. Oh, okay. Um, which is Stanley Tucci's character from The Devil Wears Prada. Uh-huh. I did that one, too. So I think that he and Emily Blunt should move to do fashion, whatever, who gives a shit, really, in London. 
Oh. <laughs> and it could just be like London and drama and mm. right, like it's a fashion magazine. Like sure. I, who even knows that those even exist anymore, but just like, yeah, or running a fashion house or whatever, right? Like it could just be like fun and drama and like silly, but mm-hmm. like well done though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll just jump to that one since we're on Devil Wears Prada. Um, so his name is Nigel. His character's name is Nigel. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I did not make this into a TV show. I thought, let's basically make the same movie, but with mm-hmm. his character, how he came up in fashion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do his story of like when he was in Hathaway's character's right. age. Oh, that's interesting. Starting yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then it gets to be a period piece too, right? You get well, to be like 80s fashion. And I literally called this the male makeover movie. Uh, oh, sure. Because nobody ever does that. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's make over a guy. Yeah. Cute. I love it. Mm-hmm. What's your next one? Well, technically this one is a movie too. I don't know. I guess it was on just on Hulu. So it didn't seem like a movie to me. <laughs> um, so the Christmas movie with Dan Levy, Happiest Season. That's a movie. It was supposed to come out in theaters. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. You know, it just seemed like such a like TV Christmas movie to me that I think I didn't. I just sort of like it was, you know, it was like a I think it was supposed movie. to have a theatrical release. Okay. So not him. Because I, as much as I love him and I, whatever, I'd watch him and whatever, I was way more interested in Aubrey Plaza's character. Oh. Uh, R- Riley, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Way to bring I, a lesbian into this. Good job. Yes, yes. I thought also, you know, let's let's branch out a little bit. I think it would be really cool. First of all, she was fucking hot in that movie. And yes, like her was. energy was like way out there. And like her whole like, hot pantsuit thing and so like i think she was an attorney in that movie i think so i want to send her to dc so you can do sort of like political intrigue Ooh. but also like hot lesbian action um and she's still can a have comedy like, no i don't think so like it can be funny but it but it's a drama okay. and like give her a diverse group of friends who also like work in politics and like you can do sort of, so it would have the same sort of like political intrigue kind of, not scandal exactly. Cause that right. was too like personal, but More I don't like know, the practice that, don't, like, that yes. Or like, you know, Madam secretary or something sure. like that. You know what I mean? Where like, it's a political drama show, but also like they have lives and they have it's sort of a and procedural and it's sort of serialized yeah exactly which yeah. are really fun shows right where like there's a case of the week or whatever and like it's the you know she's a lawyer but she's in politics and like right. how is that how are those things mixing together but then also there's like personal drama and stuff yeah mm, i like that um uh, my next one this was actually really fun to think about this one mean girls Oh, Damien. Damien, uh, played by Danielle. Fre- I can't say. I don't know how to say it either. Forenzi. It's something like that. Um, and yeah. I'm. And this is actually this is my name drop for the episode. Um, 
because he has hit on me on the hookup apps before. Oh. Yeah, and has asked me out. Um, anyway, any who's will be easy. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this and I was like, what would Damien be doing right now? Right? So like, realistically, how old would he be? Like, when did that movie come out? He would be late 20s. Right, because that movie was like mid, it was like mid 2000, probably like 2004. Yeah. 2005, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, and he was in high school then. Yeah. So like, he's actually just slightly younger than us because we were in college. So he's in his 30s. Yeah, early 30s. What What is All he All right, doing? I didn't necessarily put him that far ahead. Like, what would he be? I was more thinking, I guess, when I said today, I meant like, what would he be doing in his 20s? Gotcha. <laughs> That's what I really meant. <laughs> um. And so this is a half hour uh, uh-huh. single cam mockumentary oh, okay. of the behind the scenes look at his public access talk show. <laughs> oh my God, do those still exist? I don't I think know. It would, I think it would <laughs> just have to be his YouTube show. Now. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I feel like he needs to have like sort of like a, a a sad talk show. Like the talk show isn't sad, but like it's just sort of like the production is kind of. Do you know what I mean by that? I'm not articulating this very well. Like it's just sort of sure. like like it's I, like in a waiting for Guffman kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. It's like people who don't understand that what they're doing isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Because I think like I was I was like at first I was like. You know, maybe it's behind like more of like a like a behind the scenes of his like legit talk show. And I was like, I don't know if I don't think he'd have a legit talk show. Mm-hmm. I think it's no. more like a public access, like I'm trying to be an influencer kind of thing. And it's not going right. very well. Yeah, I think that could be. I mean, plus you get the idea of like sort of like trying to be an influencer could be really funny, right? Like, And then like Janice can show up and the other girls can make appearances. Sure. And like, because yeah. he tries to get them to help and like, because mm-hmm. they're probably cooler or I don't right. know. Yeah. He could actually just be best friends now with Gretchen Wiener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I love it. Yeah. Um. So my next one is Lafayette from True Blood. Oh. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we lost the actor, obviously. No. So I, you know, it could not be him, which is a shame because he was he was he was so talented, um, and such a such a presence on screen. Um, but I think it would be really cool. He was not gay in real life. I don't really. Think. I did not know that about him. Or he um, was, but he had children. I can't remember. You know, people have all kinds of life stories. Um, yeah. So I think it would be really interesting to take that character out of that town and send him to New Orleans. Oh. And give him a very diverse queer group of friends interesting, um, or like community so sort right? of like and, a little queer is folkish yeah but like you get that sort of like new orleansy slightly mystical yep. seedy underbelly kind of um thing to it do you yeah. keep the f- like the fantastical elements in it like are vampires still in the show and stuff like that you know i think you could go either way i think it would work either way um I would keep it just because 
because it's where it came from and then yeah. also like because there's not a lot of that in like i mean i think true blood was probably the queerest of all the vampire shows like i mean they're all pretty gay yeah but but like not out loud though yeah, you know yeah, what i true. mean they're like they're like they're like behind the door gay they're right. not really right like and like, like details magazine very much yes there you go like details magazine right like everybody knows what the deal is but we're not saying it out loud right like buffy is this whole like queer experience story right Mm -hmm. but then but you really only get like one queer out queer character i mean two technically because they're in a relate and then but then you know tara right they got to murder her and it's tragedy and right like so it's not yeah um so I think it would be fun to like have have both of those worlds kind of intersecting, right? So you get the fantastical and the vampires and the you know, mythical whatever, all sorts of like there's witches and right mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Um and you can bring in that kind of New Orleans mysticism, but then it's also just like people trying to make a living. Like he can just go work at like I don't know. A gay bar, a drag uh, yeah. queen bar, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, my next one is Sex in the City. Okay. Now there are a plethora of homosexuals to choose from. <laughs> sure, sure. There are some more main gays, um, mm. but then um, also over the weekend I was listening to Nicole Byers' podcast, one of her podcasts. She has like thirteen of them, um, <laughs> um, and she was joking with her guest about Jennifer Hudson's character in one of the movies in the movie that she was in. Oh, sure. About how like. Literally, Jennifer Hudson's character was there to just improve Sarah Jessica Parker's life. Mm-hmm. And, like, they never really get in depth with any of these characters. Yeah. You don't really get to know them. They're not very three-dimensional at all. Yeah. So I thought of a spinoff series that goes in like every episode is an in more in-depth look at the lives of all of these ancillary characters from sex in the city mm, okay so you yeah, could do be- you could do like gays and uh, others right um that just sort of like they made them feel important but never really made them like they were important to help this character but they never actually like made them they never got to have their own story right yeah. Yeah. Which is sort of the like quintessential thing of the gay best friend, right? Yeah. Like, yes, they only exist to further the story of the straight main character. Yeah. They do that to characters of color a lot too, right? Like you get Right. Like, so that's what I was thinking. It's, it's not just gays. Or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, I think that that'd be really I think that'd be a really fun spin-off. Like there was all these yeah. characters that I think, you know, people may have wanted to spend some more time with. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you get like, you know, actual New York and not just like mm-hmm. upper middle class white lady New York. I mean, the whole thing about that show was she kept talking about how poor she is, but she, the way that they just like portray her in that show, there's no way she could afford that life. No, God, no. And I'm okay with like some 
fantasy of to television you know what i mean like i really the friend's apartment does not bother me like mm-hmm. it's tv it's yep. fine um but yeah but the the clothes and the shoes and the yeah yep yeah she was ridiculous i mean also we've talked about that show before like in hindsight they're all just terrible horrible people and why did we watch that show right like i can't believe they're bringing it back i don't i wonder if they will bring it back after the scandal like if that just project stalled out and has too much bad juju around it at this point i don't know i mean it should like i don't think anybody wants it i don't think anybody's craving any more sex in the city I would probably still watch it like on a rainy day when I don't want to like watch anything that means anything. But what's your last one? Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine is ending. Uh, this is their, they're going to have about to have their last season. Um, and I think she should be the spinoff. I think, you know, you don't have to, that it not the workplace, like shift it from work to like her personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't really get a, much of a sense of her personal life in the show. Like she's friends with people at work um, and you do get her parents um, who are struggling to come around with her to the idea that she's bisexual. Oh. Um, and I think it could be really interesting. Her dad is played by Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. I think it could be really interesting if like he's the one who comes around and like is able to like have a relationship with her and her mom is still struggling and like just because I think that's unusual that that portrayal um and I think I think it's I think bisexual people do not get a fair shake on tv they rarely exist and if they do they usually just it's sort of tokenism and they or they make them into sluts right and or they're and they're usually just women who end up either the women and the women end up marrying a man or actually the guys mostly end up being gay right that like everybody just ends up with a guy they call it buy now gay later right yes and and that's unfair um and i think so you could i mean you know she has a lot of dating options that's fun and but you know she can have a she can have a queer circle and you know she's lesbian best friend and you know like and she's a great character um, and she's really diverse and like uh, she's a lot of unexpected character traits. And so I think it would be fun to like get to know her as a character. Fun. Huh? Yeah. Finish this my, up, dear. My last one is Trick. Uh, it was one of the it was it was a gay movie. Actually, the lead characters were gay. <laughs> um, uh, but um uh, it was the like the first gay movie I think I ever saw. Um, and I fell in love with the drag queen that's in it, Miss Coco Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, who I learned later, she wrote that monologue herself. That was not initially in the script. She wrote that oh, herself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and I thought it would be funny. I mean, like she basically played herself. Like, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it would be funny to also keep her in sort of like that was 90s, but like maybe pull her in a little earlier, 70s, 80s, like working girl came to mind. Like, what mm-hmm. if we did like some kind of working girl, girl, Mary Tyler Moore, like kind of spoof, yeah. like half hour comedy mm-hmm. with Miss Coco Peru as the working girl? <laughs> Like maybe she's awesome. working like the counter at Elizabeth Arden or I don't know. 
Yeah, that'd be great. I thought that'd be fun. Yeah, And then like she has her crazy dating life that, you know, she talks about in that monologue. Yeah, I think that would be super fun. I yeah, yeah, she's awesome in that movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Megan. Mm-hmm. What are you whelmed about this week? Um, uh, listen, I am gonna just give a shout out again to Comfort TV. Uh, mm-hmm. It has it has been the last couple of weeks of a very very long, very long, complicated school year, um, and I have been exhausted. As when I got sick on top of it, um, so I really have just been watching a lot. We have been rewatching Friends and West Wing, mm-hmm. um, and it mm-hmm. is. It is just really enjoyable. It, it's nice to like laugh with my old friends and people I know so well. Uh, and I just, um, yeah, I've just been really grateful for Comfort TV has done its job in the last couple of weeks. So I'm also really grateful to be on vacation. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Charlie, what are you whelmed about this week? I'm going to ditto you, uh, but Comfort Movies, while I was hungover, I watched Pitch Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. And then Deadpool, which uh, I feel like, you know, is the breadth of my range of interest in movies. <laughs> um, like acapella singing and Ryan Reynolds' ass. Yeah, it was Aka awesome. <laughs> well, thank y'all for listening. This has been yet another episode, edition podcast whatever you want to call it of whelmed with megan and charlie if you want to connect with us you can find us on our socials at whelmed podcast uh on instagram and at whelmed with megan and charlie on facebook and i believe we have an email address we sure do it's whelmedcast at gmail.com so you can send us all your questions or fabulous ideas or you know if you want to just compliment us and tell us how great we're doing uh any of those things you might be featured on an upcoming episode and the best thing you can do to help us out is please tell a friend about it about us and have them listen check us out and get whelmed getting whelmy with us na 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 (laughs) na i love you honey (laughs) what would i do without you You never have to worry about that. Oh, boo. Bye. Bye.